T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hawk and Crowder Show, Alex Dono. I have the honor of filling in for Mark Hawkman today. And let's go out to the guest line and bring in our good pal, number 81, former Miami Dolphins wide receiver, host of the Fish Tank podcast, co-host of the Dolphins postgame shows. OJ McDuffie is with us. Juice, how you doing, sir? Dono, what's up, man? Not too much, man. And and listen, I, I know uh, you've had a few days to marinate on that playoff loss to the Bills. And, okay, I've, I've got to ask you, and I'm sure you, Travis, and Seth talked about this a lot in the postgame, um, your, your perspective on the issue that the Dolphins have between Mike McDaniel and his quarterback and his offense of getting those play calls in in a timely manner because it cost the Dolphins timeouts and it cost them a, a costly penalty. How, how does that issue work from your perspective, and how easy is that going to be to fix during the offseason? Man, I'm going to tell you what. It was a problem all year long. I thought it was a problem and an issue all year long. And, of course, it gets worse you down to your third quarterback um, trying to get all that communication done. I would love – what I would love to find out is how wordy some of these play calls are because <laughs> it seems like it seems like we've got all these shifts in motions but we don't get out of huddle until it's like, you know, 14 seconds left on the play clock. And then even when that happens, it drives me crazy when I see guys jogging to the positions knowing we're up against the clock. Um, so that that part right there is something I know that they can probably get fixed because they realize what a problem it was. Maybe um, five words can all be combined into one word, and everybody knows exactly what that is, and uh, that maybe cut down some of the verbiage that you might have in the huddle. But man, oh man, when the, when that translation or when that when you when you're trying to get that you know from the head man to the to the quarterback and the quarterback be able to disseminate to the, that to the players. And it takes that long, and we end up burning so many timeouts like we did all year. And as you said, costly in this last playoff game, that has to get fixed. And I think it can be by just tweaking how they either, either call the plays or, you know, maybe do it from the line of scrimmage where we start off with 40, 25 seconds and then go from there, man. But that was a huge issue and obviously came back to bite us past weekend. Let me ask you from an offensive, offensive perspective, because defensively, man, we got stuff called like mug where they want the linebackers to walk up. You got show this, and then you'll call your play. And like, you know, we'll have disguises. But then we all knew on defense, when that damn clock got to seven seconds, get in your damn position to do your job. Like do all the right. cute stuff, get in your damn position. <laughs> offensively, Juice, like as a guy that needs the motion, or as a guy, you know, you know where you need to be when this, when this ball snapped. Is there anything on you as a receiver or a tight end that if this quarterback's not looking at this play cock, get your ass over there where you're supposed to be? 
Yeah, you have to do that. That's a great point, Channing. You know, you have to do that. And like I was saying earlier, I mean, I, I hate to, I don't want to call anybody out, but some of our guys, you know, it's on us as, as you know, as an offensive unit, too, to realize that the play clock is running down. It's a big-ass clock down there, you know, <laughs> and it was looking right, right in our face what it's about to be. So if I've got a motion, you know, a lot of times there are motions. Look, this team did a lot of shifts, a lot of motions. Well, if I've got a shift in a motion, I need to get to the last part of it. With, if we're inside of five seconds, I probably need to get to where I'm going to be at the end of the, you know, when the ball snapped right away instead of going through all that. O.J. McDuffie, former Miami Dolphins wide receiver, is with us here on the Hawk and Crowder Show. So we got uh, an extended look throughout the season and in the playoffs in Skylar Thompson, and definitely a work in progress. Like, I don't think he's taken anybody's starting job at this moment. But, I mean, how do you grade uh, the season, O.J., from Skylar, and, and do you hope that he's around, whether it's as the third quarterback or even the second quarterback next year? Well, you know, I think he's done enough personally to um... – obviously be on this roster again next year. I think another year, hell, Skyler's older than two is. You know what I mean? So uh, he got some, right. valuable, some valuable experience this past year, um, you know, in and, and, and critical situations. You know, winning the last game in the regular season against the Jets, you know, going to a playoff game up in Buffalo, hostile and loud, and being able to, you know, I think calm his nerves and be pretty efficient and effective for us late in that game. Um, that's valuable stuff. You're right, though. You know, two is obviously our man. But I think that Skyler, you know, from what the experience he got, um, you know, this, 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 towards the end of that season is invaluable. Um, I, I feel confident that an, an offseason in the system, an offseason with, you know, learning his plays, an offseason with him probably getting a couple of reps every once in a while with the ones is going to be huge for him. So I think it's going to be a big part of what we do moving forward. I think every single team needs to have a couple quarterbacks. And to have a couple quarterbacks on your team that have been in the system is even more valuable. And how do you approach this offseason with Tua's injury concerns, we'll call him Juice? I don't think Teddy can be your number two anymore, and he's a free agent. They didn't get, you know, lock him into any long-term anything. And now you're with Skyler. I'm with you. He's young and he has potential, but I wouldn't want Tua to get hurt and Skyler to be the two anymore. Like, Do we reevaluate all three positions in the quarterback room this offseason? Man, I think you always have to, don't we, Tanner, man? I mean, every, every room's going to be reevaluated no matter what. I mean, at the end of the year, at the end of the day, you have to look at every single position and see how you can get better at it. Uh, you know, I mean, hell, kicker, snapper, holder, you know, uh, equipment guy. No, equipment guys are the best. You can't replace those guys. But you know what I mean, though. You know what I mean? Joe, Joey Joe. and Charlie are there forever. <laughs> Joey and Charlie are there forever, man. Them boys are telling you. you know what I mean? But, um, you know, you, you know that's kind of how. They have, to, they have to look at everything. Because, honestly, even some of the guys that you – think of the best position you gotta look at salaries you gotta look at so many different things when it comes to the offseason you gotta look at the free agency market you gotta look at the draft you know we start off in the second round this year there's so many things that go on but for that quarterback room i think you always have to have competition there you will have some with skyler and, and, and tua but i think a veteran presence is always even more important because veterans that have been there and done that they, they, they continue to put that heat and that knowledge on younger guys, too. And I think our young guys will always continue to need that heat and that knowledge from guys that have been around the league. And, Juice, uh, McDaniel and Chris Greer came out and, you know, two was our quarterback for 2023. They flat out said it. Is, is there any problem with that, knowing his injury history? They're saying that he should be fine, uh, the concussions or nothing. But I'm just looking at him never playing a full season. And we were talking about earlier, Juice, where – if you had to give me an over-under on Tua's career in the league, I would say under 10 years 
just because I've seen him so many different ribs and, and wrist and his hip in college and now three concussions in one year. Like, that's a an issue, but they've already locked in to saying Tua's that guy. What's your what's your take on Tua's the 2023 starting quarterback as we sit here today and it's only January? Yeah, I wouldn't expect him to say anything else, Channing. You know, I, I really wouldn't. You know, everybody knows what Tua's been going through and, you know, and, and the head injuries that he's, he's dealt with. And um, it's it's more like right now, I mean, you can't say Skyler's the guy. You know, you can't say that Teddy's the guy. You can't say anybody's the guy. But I think that the fact that, you know, we know how good we can be with Tua as the, as the head man, as, 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 as a QB1, it's is, is, is important. But it's also important for, you know, the guys. It seems like the guys embrace Tua more than anything um, as, the, you know, in, in, that, in that locker room. I know they love Skyler as well, and I know they love Teddy, but I know it seemed like Tua was a guy that, that got the most out of everybody around them. So for Chris Greer and, and Mike McDaniel to come out and say that, I mean, obviously it's, it's United front making that, that statement. But at the same time, though, you know, it, it's really too early to say anything about anybody. They didn't yeah. make a commitment about anybody on, on the roster. Uh, and even Mike Asicki, who we all feel like might have played his last downs here, you know, but they just, you know, kept everything kind of close to the vest, and they're going to reevaluate everything. But to make a statement about Tua being, you know, the starter next year, I think that'd be that's what everybody would probably think, and that's probably an easy statement for them to make as a, as a collective. OJ McDuffie is with us here on the Hawk and Crowder Show. Um, OJ, defensively, I know Josh Boyer is getting a lot of criticism. At the same time, um, you know, not not to necessarily make excuses for anybody, but uh, how how difficult of a year was it not having Byron Jones? And listen, Xavier Howard played most of the season, but I saw a guy who was clearly playing through injury through most of the year. So how how did the secondary being banged up affect the rest of the D? It, it affected it a lot. I mean, not only Byron Jones, but Brandon Jones. You know, yeah. Brandon Jones was huge in the safety position. Also, losing Nick Needham. Nick Needham became that dude in the slot that, you know, that was unbelievable. And Nick played some outside corner. Nick played some safety. You know, being able to cross-train and play different positions like Nick did was huge for us as well. But then you also learn a lot about guys like Cater Kohu, you know, and, and you know, and, and Keon Crossing. We got we got some guys that came in and started being able to play, and hopefully, you know, we'll be able to use those guys moving forward. But the, the lose of those guys in the secondary took away a lot of things we like to do. We love to play man. We love to do zero. Brandon Jones probably the best blitz and safety, in, if not top two or three in the league. That we lose that position. Javon likes to be around the line of scrimmage, but we couldn't do that because we had so many young guys in front of him. We need him back there in center field to cover everything up for everybody else. And you said it best, man. I, I, X was not X because he was battling. I think he, I mean, Channing, you tell me this. What I understand, he had a couple growings. If you got two, one is enough. But if you got two, you know what I mean? You're trying to be lateral. You're trying to cover Stephon Diggs and them dudes in this league. Man, I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not trying to make excuses for X, but damn, that's a tall task in itself, man, when you're 100% healthy. But he did. He, he, he gutted it out, man, because without X out there, which he, we missed, he missed a couple games or whatever opportunities himself, man, we were, we were lost in the secondary. And so, um, yeah, man, I mean, Boyer, you know, everybody thought our defense would come back and be that defense it was towards the end of last year. And uh, with the guys that we had slated to start, it probably would have been. But, hey, once you get other guys in there, other teams have injuries, you got to make those adjustments. And, uh, you know, and at times we didn't make those adjustments. And our defense looked rough. But I'm going to tell you, a lot of that started up front. It seemed like up front we weren't getting it done. 
uh, for a while, but now I think we have the, those front four dogs, front four or five dogs. You know, when you, when you look across it with Chubb and, and Zach and Wilkins and, of course, my man Jalen Phillips, you got some dudes that can get it done up front, and we might be able to do a much better job in the secondary. And, Juice, overall this season, because there's really two total ways to look at it. The easiest way, or I would say the most positive way, let me put it that way, Juice, Nine and eight, winning season, first-year head coach. You get to the playoffs. You get beat by one of the Super Bowl favorites in a competitive game at their house. Happy season. The other way, this team was very streaky. They were eight and three at one point. It ended nine and eight. <laughs> they had a terrible second half of the season. They they limped into the playoffs with a bunch of injuries and ended up losing to a team they should have lost to. Are, are you on the, the the positive side? Are you can you I don't want to say on the but can you see the latter side of those two those two topics? I think um, I'm, I'm you know I like roller coasters, man, but I don't like my team being <laughs> on roller coasters. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it, it was that type of season for us, man. And I'm gonna tell you this, Jenny. You know we. They have to get it figured out and beat some of the teams. Obviously, everybody's talking about they beat the teams that weren't that good, and then you know they lost to the better teams, and that's probably how the schedule shook up. You know, the first eleven games. Um, I'm on the thing. I'm, I'm here saying that a lot of those games we lost to those good teams, we, we should have gotten a dub out of. I think we should have beaten Buffalo the first time up there, up eight with a little over six minutes left and the ball in our hand. You know what I mean? We had another chance this past time to beat Buffalo up there. You know, in a playoff game where you know Buffalo had everything you know going for, so yeah, th- this team, in my opinion, had opportunities and didn't take advantage of them. Um, we had a t- couple opportunities. You can say this about the defense, where all we needed was a stop and couldn't get it. So this team underachieved when opportunity presented itself. They had so many good opportunities to go out there and beat some of these good teams. Um, I mean, hell, you can start off with how we we really played the hell out of the game against San Francisco. You know what I mean? When we just missed throw after throw after throw and opportunity after after opportunity. And then that so that game got away. The Chargers game right after that should have beat them boys. And that's then I'm talking about the you know the eight point lead in Buffalo right after that. So you look at those games against these quality teams, these guys are right there, man. So hell of a disappointing uh, you know season considering you were going toe to toe with some of the best teams that could not figure out a way to win. You know, I, I always say that I don't believe in moral victories, but I guess I kind of do because I, I was impressed with how well the Dolphins played Buffalo with so many injuries and a third-string quarterback. Like, And I want to ask you, like, is that something you can build on for next year? Because I've been a Dolphin fan all my life, and I, I recall the last two times the Dolphins went to the playoffs, 08 and 2016, they didn't get back the following year. So I'd like to think that getting to a road playoff game and being so competitive is something this team can build on. From your experience, can it work that way? Yeah, you know what? Getting to the playoffs is already hard enough, and the playoff experience is something you can't duplicate. You can talk about it all you want, and you know, in week 15, 16, 17, about it's a playoff atmosphere, but it's not like it's not a playoff atmosphere until you take your butt up to, you know, to Buffalo in January, and then it really is the playoffs. This team has a lot they can build off of, in my opinion, and I think that you know that that experience is one thing, but I think they also proved to themselves that they can play with these big bad Buffalo bullies. You know what I mean? And that's important because Buffalo is going to be picked to be in contention for the Super Bowl every single year as long as Josh Allen and them boys are on that team. So the fact that we are not afraid of them, we know a lot about them, and we know that you know, we can go toe-to-toe with them, it's huge. 
Because we can go toe-to-toe with those guys. We can probably do with most of the teams in this league. Uh, so, yeah, a team that, you know, that went up there and, and had a successful season, I'm with you, Donald. I'm not a moral victory kind of guy, but I do believe in a sour taste in my mouth. And I think these boys probably have a sour taste in their mouth, and they'll be chomping at the bit to get back at it and see how they can get over that hump against those guys and some other teams that they came up short against. That's a good way to look at it, the sour taste in the mouth. So, you know, now that, uh, you know, the playoffs continue and we're going to be watching the AFC the rest of the way, who do you think wins the conference, Juice? Is, uh, is it Buffalo or is Kansas City just still the class of that conference? How do you think it plays out? Ooh, that's a great question, man. I mean, hell, I think Cincinnati's the hottest team in the conference right now. Fair. You know, they, they, they felt like they didn't, they didn't fear anybody, you know, the last couple of years, which is, which is going to be interesting. Coming down to Final Four, I mean, look at the Final Four. I mean, it's a top four seed. They all won the division. So, I mean, it's going to be really good. I'll be happy to see my boy Dougie Peterson and my boy Bernie Parman, who's the running back coach there at Jacksonville, make some noise in this playoff, but that's going to be really tough. Um, but you can put you can you can put any of those three teams. You're talking about you know Cincinnati, Buffalo, or KC up in there. And I'd have to say I'd have to say that I'm going with the team that went to the Super Bowl last year, and that's that's Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh, what about the NFC Juice? I, <laughs> I like I, I I'm I'm on the 49er bandwagon. People are killing me because Brock Purdy, but the man balled <laughs> out last weekend. I think yeah. the 49ers are the best team right now on the other side. Man, and they got Debo back too, with Christian McCaffrey. You know what I mean? Of course, with, with Kittle, that team is that team is stacked, and that defense is is really really good. That's that's my team coming out of the NFC is is the Niners, man. I think that uh, the, the the situation and the stage is not too big for Purdy, the rookie, and that's the most important thing. How can you? How's a rookie stand up in these situations? Because you got a lot of vet, veterans around him. And he, he seems poised to, to make a run. And he doesn't have to do too much. And you get the ball in those guys' hands, and they do a lot. And I think that's going to be the game plan for those guys. And so I, I got the Niners as well. I'm with you on that, man. I know that, you know, people like Philly, I know that Jalen's hurt, you know what I mean, with that shoulder. So his inability or probably, um, uh, probably in a, you know, not really willing to run, it might hurt that team a little bit. Um, and I think that's going to be be a, 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 a problem for them. You know, the Cowboys went up against them. I mean, everybody talking about these Cowboys. These Cowboy fans cracked me up, beating their chest. My boy Peter Brignola and them talking about how about them Cowboys. Man, they went up against the oldest dude in the league. You know what I mean? And that has been a terrible season all along for that Buccaneers team. And they, <laughs> you talk about limping in, getting in the playoffs with a sub five record. You know what I mean? And you know so. We'll see what they got this week if, if these Cowboy fans want to come out there and talk that trash. But give me the Niners. Give me the Niners and give me the Bengals. I think that was a Super Bowl way back in the day. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure that was one of the Super Bowls way back in the day. Yeah, Juice, and you bring up Tampa, man. I got to ask you something that we've talked about. The, the, the national narrative, and I, like Donald said, it might just be clickbait because his name gets a lot of attention. But they are putting Tom Brady to the Dolphins as a top story on their on their layout of their shows today, uh, Juice. Would you want? Because I just watched Tom Brady in that Cowboys game. Didn't look great. Would you want Tom Brady to come to South Florida next season? Oh man, you know I work for the team, Channing. Man, you know what I mean. You, <laughs> you, you trying to get me fired, man? On this okay. job. <laughs> <laughs> is Tom Brady still a quarterback that could take you well into the playoffs? 
I think Tom can do it with the weapons that uh, that with the right weapons and the right guys in front of him for sure. And I think that if if I can do it a roundabout way, I think that the Dolphins have the weapons and they will work on that offensive line. So he could be effective, man. I mean, Tom's not gonna get hit. I mean, Tom gets yeah. rid of that rock, and we got some guys that can get open in quick spaces and sort of small spaces. So he could be he could be very effective, and we, and you know, and we can continue to work on the run game. I mean, that's another question. You know, what we do with the running back situation? There's not one running back in our room that's not a free agent. So it's going to be interesting how they address that situation too. Um, so yeah, Tom Brady can still be effective, but he's got to have a ton of weapons around him and a great defense, and he's also got to build a you know have some guys that can run. So if that's the Miami Dolphins team structure which I think is headed that way, and he could be effective here. But uh, I'm rolling with QB1, Tua, man, right now. So uh, I, I, that's, my, that's, my, that's what I think. That's how I feel. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to ask because you brought, you brought up the Buccaneers I had to ask. Juice, I saw something <laughs> with J.J. Reddick, and he was talking about his offseason, and he said two days after the last game, he was up at 5 a.m. getting 372 shots in a day and all kind of crap like this. It blew my mind, Juice, because after we lost that last game, I don't remember the next two weeks because I was partying and drunk. What was what what was what was O.J. McDuffie's first month of the offseason when he played? Hmm, let's see. Uh, I probably was in Arizona. I probably, you know, figured out some Super Bowl stuff. And then I'm guaranteed I was in Cancun for 10 days. Um... <laughs> Let's see, probably down the Keys for about a week, maybe five days. But I'm a tire. I ran every day. I, I, didn't, do, I didn't do nothing else. I always ran every single day in the off season, no matter what, because I probably drank the night before, so I had to get it out of my system <laughs> somehow. You know what I mean? Uh, but, hey. man, it was just so much. And, and a lot of us, Channing, and you know this, a lot of us are recovering from a surgery. I recovered from a surgery so many years, too, after my last game because a lot of guys hold off until after that last game to get it done. You know, I guarantee the doctors, that, you know, for the Dolphins probably had about 20 guys lined up those first few days to have those, those season-ending surgeries as well. So a lot, of, a lot of it could have been rehab as well. We're here with O.J. McDuffie, former Miami Dolphins wide receiver. He's also the co-host of the Fish Tank podcast with Seth Levitt, and you know I'm a big fan. I love the stories that you guys are able to tell, talking with former Miami Dolphins players and personalities. And you know, uh, the last episode with Jay Fiedler, tremendous. Do you, are you guys keeping it going during the off season, or are you taking a little break? How's that going to work? Yeah, we go. Uh, we go every other week now. We've got like uh, about six more episodes left in the season, and. Uh, Femi, I'm Badejo is going to be up next week, and then we've got a couple other surprises to finish it off with. Mm. Love it. Well, it's it's a really, really great show. So, Juice, uh, enjoy the offseason. Enjoy the Fish Tank episodes. And, man, you just uh, thank you so much for taking the time and for your insight, OJ. Man, thank you guys, man. Had a, had a blast. Hell of a season, man. Uh, we'll be back next year. We'll be back next year. We'll, we'll be playing this, this week next year. Promise you that. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 
Check your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.